an air-softing Satanist historical European martial arts BJJ guy wants to fight me. Let's find out what that's about. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of philelmore.com and themartialist.net. I am your host, the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. Okay. So, quite some time ago now, uh, well, a few weeks ago, I put up a video on my YouTube channel. Uh, this wasn't part of the podcast, it was just a video. And the video was about some of the complaints that I get from people who are clearly very offended that I am meddling in territory they consider to be their sole purview. One of the most common questions I've ever gotten over the course of the years that I've done this, if you were to pick the single most repeated question, that question is, I have X problem, uh, physical disability, physical infirmity, I'm old, I lack flexibility, I have this injury, I, I'm handicapped, whatever it is. I have this problem, what do I do? That question is generated by the fact that there is a contingent of people who believe that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and mixed martial arts are pretty much the only way to defend yourself. Or if not the only way, then by far the best way. So step one in their self-defense program is step one, become a semi-professional athlete. Or step one, stop being old. Step one, uh, lose 100 pounds, come back when you have, that kind of thing. I have always believed that that attitude is bad, that it's wrong to turn people away, that everyone needs self-defense, and that there are ways to learn practical, realistic self-defense that have nothing to do with this sporting world that some people never leave. Some people just never let go of the ego that is part of that sporting competition. For them, it's not about how do I help people. These people have never helped anyone. It's not even about how do I defend myself so that I go home not dead to my family. Uh, for them, it's am I tougher? Am I better? Do I get to feel better about myself compared to the other guy? I talked about this. I can't remember if I talked about it in a podcast or not. Um, it came up in conversation recently when I had dinner with a friend who was up from Florida. We met like 20 years ago taking firearms classes. Uh, and I mentioned to him that there's a guy who to this day, 20 years later, once took a firearms class with me and to this day has smacked to talk about Phil Elmore. <laughs> Forgive me the third person reference, but this guy is like, oh yeah, I trained with Phil Elmore and he sucked. He wasn't good at it. I'm like, it's A, it's been 20 years. B, you were that fixed on me during this class. When were you planning on working on your own attribute development? The point of those courses and the attitude that I thought was shared by all of the participants is that you're not competing against anyone who's in the class you're competing against the people out there who want to hurt you and take your stuff that's why anyone who studies self-defense gets into studying self-defense really because there are people out there who want to hurt you and take your stuff and or sometimes it's just one or the other so the idea that there exists in the world people who don't get it that's been a common thread for as many years as I've done this. I've been involved in martial arts and self-defense since the early 1990s. I want to say the middle of the early half of the 1990s. 
And so in those 30 years, repeatedly I've seen people who, for them, self-defense is not about protecting themselves. It's about dominating other people. It's about feeling like they're, they're very insecure. And that makes them deep down cowards because they're afraid on some level that people will know that they're not tough. And they spend a lot of time projecting their insecurity onto other people. And it affects their behavior to the outward world. And that is why a random guy whom I've never interacted with can wake up one day and announce to the world that he wants to bully me into fighting him. I might posit that if you're going to try and harass someone into doing something that you think they don't want to do, maybe announcing it on your public Facebook profile is not the best plan. Because while I am not the most inquisitive person in the world, I have friends who are. Uh, specifically, I mentioned that somebody had uh, this, let me back up a moment. The video that I posted on YouTube about how uh, some fit people seem threatened by fat people involved in the martial arts and self-defense. They're very offended that those people exist. They're very upset. I mentioned that this phenomenon exists. And on that video, a guy challenged me to a street beefs match. If you're not aware of what street beefs is, it's an uh, unregulated backyard organization where people get together and fight each other. I believe the genesis of it. I wrote an article about this quite some time ago. I interviewed the guy who runs street beefs. Um, the, the genesis of it is rather than people shooting each other in gang violence, they'll get together and, you know, with, with gloves on and beat each other up instead. And street beefs has kind of become its own thing. There are people who have no stake in like being diverted from street and gang violence who enter street beefs because it's an easy path to doing some sort of credibility building MMA as they see it. So for example, uh, I did a podcast episode on Icy Mike, Hard to Hurt Mike Pasesco, um, who has a YouTube channel that's quite viral. Uh, Pasesco had been chasing viral fame for quite some time, and, and then he ended up accepting, out of the blue, a fight challenge with one Ron Collins, who we've talked about in previous podcast episodes. Ron Collins, if you're just listening to this for the first time, was a self-proclaimed ninjutsu instructor from West Virginia who turned out to be pretty much a complete fraud and has since become a convicted felon for firearms charges. But in the path of misbehavior leading up to Ron becoming a felon, he went on to a mixed martial arts forum where, wherein he encountered Mike Pasesco in virtual form, and Pasesco said, I'll fight you. So the two of them fought in street beefs. And Pasesco did it, I think, for the chance at going viral. His, his YouTube channel was not yet successful at that time. He had been chasing after recognition and fame in sort of the online mixed martial arts community for a while. Uh, and I think this was finally the stepping stone that propelled him to what he wanted to be doing, which is running his own school. He, he was doing that already, but he runs his own school and he has his, his uh, successful YouTube channel and he does product endorsements and, you know, that leads to some irony because the man tends to say, this weapon is useless. You know, he'll pick a weapon he knows nothing about and proclaim it useless and anyone who carries it can't fight. Uh, but then eventually he'll get a sponsor who wants him to, uh, recommend their product and he'll go uh, except for this one there was a knife company I uh, can't remember which one it was now but but he's like this knife is good even though I said knives are bad for self-defense um, 
that's just my generic dumb guy voice by the way that doesn't sound like mike um for one thing to sound like mike you have to be a few octaves higher and several feet shorter uh <laughs> i will pause now to laugh at my own joke because mike is short have i mentioned that anyway a lot of people wanted to give folks like Ron Collins, who is a petty criminal and, of course, now a convicted felon, they wanted to give him credit. Well, at least he had the courage to show up and fight. And a lot of people use I went to a mixed martial arts match as a way of creating sort of faux courage, a, a way of manufacturing street cred, a way of saying, well, look, I was brave enough to step into the ring. In Ron's case, nothing could be further from the truth. Ron accepted that fight because Ron was time, trying to time travel. Uh, Ron had been humiliated when he confronted Don Rowley, his mortal enemy, who is a Bujinkan guy from way back. Uh, he confronted Rowley at a seminar. Rowley stepped out of the mats and said, well, come on out here and we'll, we'll have a match. And Ron could not do it. His courage failed him, and he ran away literally hugging himself with his arms wrapped around his body. The body language was unmistakable. So... Because he couldn't live with the humiliation of being backed down like that, he spiraled out of control and started acting out more and more. He drove to Florida to menace a different guy. He drove to Colorado to try and menace Rowley's family and try to, I don't know, create a rematch or something. His car broke down and he didn't quite reach his goal. Eventually, he takes the street beefs match. He is exposed immediately as having no training whatsoever. Pasesco punched him exactly twice. Uh, Ron never landed a punch. And people are like, well, well, Ron at least had the courage to show up. No, Ron took that fight because he was desperate to prove that he wasn't a coward. He was desperate to, to somehow get back that moment in time in front of Rowley that he could never get back. This was an act of desperation by someone who couldn't handle having been back down before. And then when he got humiliated a second time by Pesesco, uh, he went out and bought a gun and told the world that he'd bought a gun. And of course, it was illegal for him to have bought a gun. He lied on the federal form because Ron has done some time in a mental institution. And regardless of his excuses to that effect, when you say, no, I haven't been, and yes, you were on that federal form, you go to prison. Uh, and he, he went to jail for a really long time because he attacked his lawyer somewhere in that process. And the court looks down on that sort of thing. But my point is, just because you agreed to a mixed martial arts match does not automatically mean that you're a courageous person in whom we should invest credit for having done so. In lots of cases, sure. But in many cases, it's just because you had some motivation that outweighed a person's natural, um, I don't want to say fear, but... Clearly, doing a match, a public match, especially one that's televised, that's going to present a certain challenge. It's, it's like public speaking with throwing punches uh, or, or, I don't know, appearing in concert in front of people. There's an equivalent stage fright to doing an action like that. Uh, so, yes, in a lot of cases, someone being willing to do that, they are brave. They do have guts. But there are other motivations that are more powerful that override a person's natural cowardice. And sometimes that motivation is, in Ron's case, fleeing humiliation. He, he was so desperate to undo the humiliation of having been backed down that he was willing to take a fight with somebody who I think deep down he knew completely outclassed him, someone who had actual training. Because deep down, Ron has no training. Now, he may have convinced himself that he does. It's hard to say when someone is that narcissistic. I, I don't know. Who could say? But... You could also be motivated by sheer meanness. You could just be a horrible person 
Um, fight challenges. I did a podcast on this topic. Uh, it was one of the earlier podcasts in the when I started this uh, the martial arts podcast with Phil Elmore. Fight challenges are one of those things that happen all the time, but almost never happen. What I mean is, people make them constantly. The fights almost never happen, and when they do, and we get them on film, it is noteworthy, and sometimes it's a lot of fun to watch. I would be lying if I said to you I didn't eagerly watch that match between Ron Collins and Mike Pesesco. Uh, Pesesco is such an obnoxious human being that I actually wanted Ron to win that fight. It's profound when you are so obnoxious as a human being that I actually want Ron to score a victory against you. And, of course, Ron had no chance. No chance at all. Um, in my own lifetime of writing about martial arts, uh, I have many times tried to back away from writing those types of articles because it creates lifelong enemies like the Ron Collinses of the world, which is why he's been a topic here. In some cases, it also creates friends, though, like... My own fight record is either 2-0 and or 3-0, and all by default. Uh, Ashita Kim once challenged me to a fight. I will get to that. Uh, uh, my friend Dan Bowen, before he was my friend Dan Bowen, once challenged me to a fight. Uh, and then ended up canceling the fight. And that's my fault. Uh, and I'll explain that in just a second. Uh, and then there's a third person who I believe challenged me to a fight. I accepted the fight. And then they backed out. And for the life of me, I don't remember who it was. It was some sort of famous person, like a, like a Frank Dukes or a personality like that, and I don't remember who. And so I'm not saying that Frank Dukes challenged me to fight and then didn't show up, because he's crazy enough, he probably would show up. Um, but I don't remember now who the third person was. But I had it in my head that it was three. So uh, when Dan Bowen, who, he went viral on YouTube, he dressed up like a ninja and cut what must have been hundreds of water-filled bottles with his sword. And it was a great video, and it, it was... I remember this happening during the period of time when I feel like society was more excited about videos going viral because it was a relatively newer thing. So Dan went viral for his, his bottle video. And somewhere in there, we started fighting online, and it was a, it was a, the reason we started arguing was dumb. Like, he was nominally friends with somebody who didn't like me, but it was, you know, like an online association. And then I started sniping back and forth with him because I can be a real jerk online. Uh, I, I admit that freely. And then he ended up challenging me to a fight. And so I accepted. And I actually was going to go through with it, um, which was one of the stupider things I've probably done in my life. And then I got really drunk one night and I got curious about who Dan was as a person. So... Picture this, I'm drunk on Mai Tais, of all things. I bought like a, one of those pre-mixed jugs of Mai Tai, real classy stuff. And you can, uh, I recorded the call at the time, I don't, I don't think I still have the recording, but you can hear the ice in my glass as I'm talking to him. And I found his phone number, uh, it wasn't that hard, and I called him, and you know, Dan's a nice guy, I like Dan a lot, but at the time, I didn't know that. So I called Dan, he's like, hello? Like when he realized who it was, he was like, why, why are you calling me? And, I, and I'm sure my end of the conversation was like, well, you know, since we're going to fight, I figured I'd get to know you as a human being. And we had a pleasant enough conversation that I think suddenly he realized there was no need or reason to fight me. Like, not he wasn't into traveling across the country just for the sake of fighting a doughy stranger. So he ended up canceling the fight, and we, we became friends, uh, and I love the guy. He's great. So sometimes these fight challenges, you, the fight doesn't have to happen, and things can go a great way. 
sometimes though these fight challenges are made because people are stupid or ridiculous. That's what happened in the case of this airsofting, Satanist, historical European martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy who likes professional wrestling. I don't know how many hobbies this human being has. It's a lot. Just a casual skim through his Instagram account would seem to indicate that. I'm going to tell you that story. But I'm going to tell you that story in the context of five red flags for fight challenges, because we're never going to stop fight challenges happening. But not all fight challenges are created equal. You know, when, when, when Dan Bowen challenged me, that was on the up and up. He was doing it in good faith. I had a reasonable expectation that he would abide by rules that we set and that he wasn't looking to, you know, just assault somebody for free. Like, you know, it was a, he was into martial arts and, and he wanted to do this thing. Uh, and then when he realized that there was no reason for us to dislike each other, I think, he called it off. And I realized, I'm like, that's actually kind of awesome. And like I said, we became friends after that. Uh, and Dan, if you're watching this, thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate you and our friendship. But uh, in the case of some people who make fight challenges, who, whatever you do, understand that those fight challenges are being made from a place of hatred, from a place of, of uh, ill intent. There are red flags for that, and so we will talk about that. Um, stupid or ridiculous people don't understand that if you are stupid and ridiculous in my direction or in the direction of anybody like me who has a need to create content, you become a content engine. In my Surviving the News news uh, podcast, I covered a, I did a few special reports on the Stuttering John issue. Uh, Stuttering John was a personality on the Howard Stern Show 30 years ago. And you might be surprised to know that he's A, still alive, and B, still doing stuff. Uh, and he's become sort of a little content engine of his own. He is the motor that drives multiple podcasts whose purpose for existing is making fun of Stuttering John, who's kind of a reprehensible little troll of a human being, uh, so he makes it easy to make fun of him. But uh, someone like that doesn't understand that he's a content engine, and ridiculous, absurd people overall don't understand that when you utilize what they've given you to create content that is hopefully interesting and entertaining to other people, that they're just giving you what you want to need, which is fodder. They don't know that they're lol cows who are being milked. They don't get it. Uh, and they tend to project that onto other people. Everybody else is absurd. Everybody else is a LARPer. These, these are people LARPing as Satanist, hashtag resist revolutionary anti-fascists who it doesn't get any more live action role play than that. So let's talk about red flags for fight challenges. Uh, and eventually, um, round about point four, I will get to how Ashita Kim challenged me to a fight. Ashita Kim, one of the most famous ninja frauds in the 1980s. So uh, point number one, if a fight challenge is made in bad faith, that's a red flag. And by that, I mean the fight challenge is being made not by somebody who is genuinely interested in having a match, but who has some ulterior motive, oftentimes which revolves around hatred. Uh, a friend of mine, in responding to uh, another video that I put up about this having happened, he said, um, uh, you know this guy just wants to uh, punch someone that he thinks is politically bad and, and have it be free. You know, he wants to be able to get away with assault, essentially. And yeah, that's, I mean, yes, <laughs> that's clearly what is happening here. 
But let me go into my folder for this podcast. I should have had this open, but I don't do show prep because I'm a bad person. Uh, let's see. Let me just uh, change the view here to get the size of the icon I want. The original YouTube comment on my When Fat Guys Threaten Fit Guys YouTube video, uh, which you can see at my uh, The Marshallist YouTube channel. Um, he wrote, Hey, Phil, I see you live in Rochester. I'm about four hours away and willing to test your theories about this issue. If you'd be interested in a street beef match sometime, hit me up. Uh, now, here's the problem. If you're going to do that, don't simultaneously announce your nefarious plans on Facebook. Because on Facebook, what he wrote was, Saying this out loud so I can manifest it into reality, I will convince Phil Elmore, author of Street Sword, Bullshito LARPer, MAGA Chud, Reddit comment section given human form, to fight me on street beefs. Uh, and then the comment goes on. The HEMA, that's historical European martial arts world, is small. If you know him, please bully him into accepting my challenge. Now, the first mistake he made is to believe that I am part of the historical European martial arts community. I am not. Uh, I have nothing against it. Although I've noticed that there is a very high proportion of really annoying people in that community. I'm not, if you're in that community, I'm not insulting you. I'm saying, and you would probably be the first to admit it, your community has a high number of annoying people in it. Come on, admit it. You know it's true. We can all admit that about communities that we happen to be in, I'd like to think. So uh, let me um, move this over so I can see the window that I want because I'm going to get to yet another point that was another screen capture that I took. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll probably have put the screen captures in the video through the magic of post-production, something I don't normally do. But so number one, red flag for fight challenges and a reason why you might eh, think about that fight challenge. A friend of mine was like, well, you know, you could you could accept that fight challenge. I think you could take that guy. And that, while I, I think he's being a little over optimistic given my age, um, it was nice to get that kind of feedback, but no, here's, this was red flag number one, that, that uh, this stupid, ridiculous person who is literally everything that I'm not. Uh, when I posted a video about the fact that someone had challenged me to a Street Beefs match, a friend of mine texted me, hey, who, who was that guy? So I sent him the screen capture unedited with the actual username. It took him two seconds to find this guy's Instagram account, which I'm sure was probably just linked. I don't think he was trying to hide it. Um, and he sends me the Instagram account and I look through and it's, he does full tactical loadout airsoft. He's a historical European martial arts sword guy. He's apparently a gun guy, but he's also a member of the hashtag resistance. He has a rainbow colored don't tread on me flag next to an anarchy flag. So he hates capitalism and Trump and right wingers and everybody he doesn't like is Hitler. Um, he had a picture of him and what I guess is a girlfriend kissing in front of the Baphomet statue at some satanic temple. Um, and it went on. Apparently he loves professional wrestling. Like there was just this casual glimpse into all the radio buttons that this guy clicked when he was rolling up his personality. It was astonishing how a human being can be that ridiculous. I don't know. And every time I encounter one of these absurd people, it shouldn't surprise me. It shouldn't. And yet it does. Um, and I, I have to keep reminding myself, no, weirdos exist. Which brings me to point number two. 
point number one was if it's a red flag if they clearly are operating in bad faith. This guy wasn't interested in actually having a match. This guy was interested in harassing me because he doesn't like me. He's coming from a place of hatred, uh, specifically a place of politically motivated hatred, which these people that fantasize about uh, punching the bad guys from World War II so often, that's, that's what they're all about, man. So red flag number two would be keeps company with criminals or weirdos. Uh, because he encouraged people to harass me, a couple of people popped over to my YouTube channel to comment. <laughs> These same people seem really surprised when I don't leave their comments up. Like, he, he, he deleted only the comments that were negative. I have the receipts. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's my channel. Why would I leave insults up to me, especially after you've already announced that you want to harass me? Like, I'm not sure you understand how any of this works. But uh, one of his little buddies left a comment and that comment uh on the the video where I, the video was called tough guy logic it was a short that i put up on youtube and also on instagram reels and i, I just mentioned how silly this was that because a random stranger woke up hating me one day i'm supposed to put my life and my well-being on the line my physical well-being for a stranger to fight in an unsanctioned background street fight match you know, there are no blood tests. There's no indication that, you know, this guy is anything but insane and also a criminal. But sure, you should just drop everything and fight this guy who woke up hating you today at random because he said so. Because you wouldn't want people to think you're some kind of chicken, would you? I don't know. Like, that Marty McFly level logic, even Marty McFly got over that. So, this guy posted, this different guy, different uh, a friend of our gay airsofting, I don't know if he's gay, our gay rights airsofting Satanist historical European martial arts Brazilian jiu-jitsu professional wrestling fan guy. That's really awkward. Um, this guy writes, You're so unbothered by this. Look how unbothered you are. In this video, you took the time to make about a random YouTuber's comment. Now, now A, I never said I was unbothered. Frankly, it bothers me when crazy people decide to target me when I've never interacted with them. But no, at no time in my video did I say I was unbothered. I was amused by it because absurd people are, again, content engines. Um, also, not a random YouTuber, but a guy who is targeting me for harassment, which he knows because the only reason he came to my channel was because this guy asked people to harass me. <laughs> but here's where it gets fun. I click his icon because I'm going to go to his channel and... <laughs> YouTube has admitted that their blocking function doesn't work. So what you can do is hide someone from your channel. What this ends up doing is every time they post a follow-up comment, they think they're having a conversation with you. You don't see their comment. Um, it never comes through. You never see it. I don't think anyone else can see it, but they can see it. So they're hidden and they're just sort of shouting into the wind. So I went to his channel in order to click this sort of blocking feature which i find wholly unsatisfactory and he was playing the violin he looked like he weighed 100 pounds he was what i would call ginger adjacent he wasn't a red-haired person i don't think but he sure looked like he could have been if you know just if you just pushed him across the color wheel just a little bit and then i noticed the poster on the otherwise blank wall behind him in his video where he's playing the violin as all tough guys do and I, I looked real close, and I have human microscope vision, so I took my glasses off, and I look real close, and I'm looking at one of those uh, Gotta Collect Them All Pokemon posters. So what I wrote back to him was, 
uh, that you're a violin-playing, Pokemon-collecting, scumbag, Antifa man-baby who is here only because this person encouraged you to be, I'd say you have some life choices to, to examine. Uh, and that's because in his username was the term Antifa. That's how I know that he's an Antifa person. Um, and, you know, Antifa people are... They are the thing they claim to hate. They are fascists. They exist to apply violence to people to shut them up because they don't like their opinions. They don't respect freedom of speech. They fantasize all the time about doing violence to people they don't like. I'm pretty sure that's what's happening in the, in the case of our airsofting Satanist fellow. Um, he's clearly fantasizing about doing me harm because he doesn't like me because he doesn't like my politics or my opinions. Why he chose me today, I don't know. Maybe he stumbled across the video at random and that upset him because he's very proud of the martial arts that he does. I don't know. Any number of possible reasons, all of which revolve around the fact that he's a coward and that he's insecure about himself, which is fine. Those people exist. Um, but that brings me to point number three, which is a red flag for fight challenges and that is if the challenge just comes out of nowhere which this did so if you're minding your own business and suddenly there's a guy who's completely obsessed with stalking you and harassing you and making you fight him that's a red flag i uh, went over to his facebook page to get the screen capture that i used for what i assume will be earlier in this video if i actually do the post-production that i'm promising to do and on there, there was an ongoing conversation, and you know that's where I saw him saying, oh, he deleted the negative comments, I have the receipts. I, oh, I've just knocked my phone off the... That was probably really loud in the recording. See, I have my phone propped up out of view so I can see if a message comes in. I'm going to take a drink of my coffee now. One sec. I have to say that for the people who are listening to the audio version of the podcast and whose ears I've just assaulted with that thing falling over. Um... So anyway, he's, he's, he's pointing and saying, oh, he, he deleted the comments and I have the receipts and blah, blah, blah. Um, and this went on for a while. Like, this was clearly this guy's whole world after he took the bold stand of posting a comment on a YouTube video. I, I want you to remember, this was a guy who just commented on a YouTube video and this was supposed to be life-changing. This was supposed to be completely occupying my time so when i posted the short laughing at it this was me wriggling on the hook and i'm i don't know trying to i'm, I'm flop sweating and trying to come up with any possible way to get out of this this inexorable inevitable fight challenge that must be dominating my days uh i went to the renaissance fair for the weekend so that's where i was and uh the renaissance fair more of a freak show than i remember Part of that is because I haven't really been in a high crowd environment since the pandemic, except for like, I uh, went to a couple baseball games recently. I'm trying to think if I, I went to, um, to Boston and Salem. I was in Salem the day after Halloween uh, in 2022. Uh, so that's a, that's a crowd environment. It was not nearly as busy as apparently it was for the record breaking Halloween celebration they had for 2022. Uh, because it was the first time all the restrictions had been listed. But I don't know if it's the nature of the Renaissance Fair where because people feel they can wear costumes, maybe their true selves come out more. But it was an absolute freak show in a way that I don't remember it being. There were always plenty of people in costumes. There were those people who would wear science fiction costumes. And this was the theme for this weekend apparently involved science fiction. So there was more science fiction stuff. Apparently one of the themes was also 
fantasy or fairies or something because every third person was wearing a set of wings. I bumped into like four sets of wings just walking through the crowds at the Renaissance Fair. Uh, but in that crowd were a selection of really hideous people wearing dresses who shouldn't be. And one person who walked in topless or tried to walk in topless, who I'm pretty sure they either turned away or, or told them to put on a shirt. Um, and I'm sure there was some sort of identity politics thing happening there and someone was making a statement. I don't, I don't presume to guess because I don't know. But it was a freak show, this whole thing. Uh, and you tell yourself, let people enjoy things, let people enjoy things. Uh, that was my girlfriend's mantra. But... I don't know, I don't remember it being that weird, and I think it's reflective of society in general. Uh, I think that's where we're at as a people. So, when a, when a fight challenge comes out of nowhere, he said, skillfully bringing us back on topic to point number three, there's a good chance that the person you're dealing with is a weirdo. Uh, and especially if they keep company with weirdos, they've already made it clear that they're not doing this in good faith. Red flag, you, you are in danger. Uh, possibly. That brings me to point number four, uh, and that is, if that person is willing for the fight challenge to go beyond an ordinary match, and apparently one of the comments that I didn't see because I had already hidden this person from my YouTube channel, uh, but when I went to his Facebook page, there was a screen capture there of the exchange that he thought I had seen, which ironically I have now seen. But his follow-up comment was that if I wanted to fight with swords, he was down with that. Uh, because, again, he's a historical European martial arts guy who does sword stuff. And as cool as that might sound to you, the spectator, probably a red flag when someone is willing to go beyond an actual, like, mixed martial arts sort of we're-wearing-gloves kind of match. Anybody who's like, no, no, I want to street fight you with my bare knuckles, or no, no, I want to fight you with weapons, there, there's a red flag there. There's, there's something sinister or dangerous or life-threatening happening there. Uh, and... I have been on the other side of that, and I didn't mean to. Ashita Kim, famed ninja of the 1980s, once wrote an entire chapter in a book about what an a-hole he thinks I am. Me personally, Phil Elmore. And that was a bit too much, so I called him up uh, at the home that his parents used to live in, that he now dwells in, and I said on the landline that belonged to his parents, um, could you not? Because I'll sue you for libel. I really will. I'm serious. So he withdrew that book from publication, and I, I don't know if he's republished it, but that I don't think that chapter exists anymore. So uh, Ashita Kim kind of famously responsive to those types of legal actions, uh, but at some point in our back and forth, on his forum, he claimed he was issuing a fatwa against me, and he called on his legions of followers to, I don't know, assassinate me or something. That was something that happened on one of the many versions of his forums quite a long time ago. I also think that that's how his forum got pulled down. Back in the days when everyone had a PHP BB forum, uh, there were services that would let you sign up for these. And at his forum he or one of his followers talked about how much they wanted to murder me, and that was enough to get their whole, whole forum closed down and he had to start a new one. Um, he's gone through multiple services since then, and I don't bother to keep track. Um, Ashita Kim is quite an old man now and not in fantastic health, so you know, sooner or later we'll get word that he finally passed away, and I don't know, maybe I'll get one of those party streamers and blow on it. Um, anyway, Ashita Kim challenged me to fight him. I think this happened in email. Uh, but he communicated directly to me that he wanted to fight me. 
I, of course, immediately said yes. And then I borrowed a page from history. Uh, there was a Republican congressman named Bowie Knife Potter. Before he was named Bowie Knife Potter, he was just Congressman Potter. He got into an argument with a Democrat named Pryor in a furious debate about slavery or some sort of argument in, in Congress. Uh, I'm doing this from memory, so if I get any details wrong, please forgive me. As I recall, he was accused of inserting something into the congressional record during one of his invectives against slavery, because as a Republican, he was an abolitionist. Uh, and so he challenged, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, he got into an argument with this Democrat named Pryor, and Pryor challenged him to a duel. Um, and because he was the challenged party, Potter said, fine, I'll duel you. I want to duel you, though, with bowie knives of equal length, and I want us to be tied together at the offhand wrist, and I want to fight in a darkened room. Well, dueling back then was not usually something that ended in death. It, usually it was to first blood or until somebody backed out. Um, so what Potter essentially did was say, oh, you want to duel? Fine, but I'd like it to end in murder. Which was a little scary for everyone involved. So Pryor backed out of the duel, and this was quite amusing to anyone paying attention to this. So Bowie Knife Potter was named Bowie Knife Potter from that point forward, uh, and his fellow congressman gave him a giant wooden Bowie knife on which was inscribed, I will always keep a Pryor engagement, where Pryor was spelled like the guy's name. Uh, and then uh, their seconds almost got into a duel. I don't think that happened either. And Bowie Knife Potter was Bowie Knife Potter until he tripped on his pet cat at home and died. I'm not making that up. That's how he died. He tripped on a cat. So I told Ashita Kim that I wanted to fight him in a darkened room with Bowie knives of equal length uh, tied together at the left-hand wrist. And he wrote back that I was clearly insane and wanted to murder him, and therefore the fight was off. So I decided that I won that fight by default. Um, and kind of like the Kimura is named for a guy whose name is Kimura, if you named a fight move for me, an Elmore would be staying home and eating snacks while you waited for the other guy to cancel, because typically that is what has happened. So I won that one by an Elmore. I, I just stayed home and ate snacks until he canceled. Uh, but my point is, it's a red flag if somebody is willing to go beyond a normal fight. Like, that's, that's not right. That's not normal. And finally, number five, uh, dovetails with some comments that I've made previously. If this guy seems to need this fight to define who he is, that's a red flag. You're dealing with a crazy person. Like uh, I mentioned Mike Pesesco. He didn't take that street beefs fight to define who he was. It was a calculated PR move. And while I don't like Mike and I find him very obnoxious, I have no doubt that if, you if he challenged you to a mixed martial arts fight, he would then proceed in good faith. He would follow the rules. He would show up at the appointed time. Like the guy is reliable and sane, even though I find him obnoxious and annoying. I'm willing to give credit where credit is due. When instead you're dealing with a crazy person who is already, in my case, for example, announced that he wants to harass you and he's keeping company with, with fascist criminals who like to assault people to shut them up, um, and he's already a member of multiple fringe political groups who dwell under the assumption that they are the mainstream and that they are the good guys and none of those things is true. You know, it's literally the are we the baddies skit and they don't understand it. In that case, if this person clearly is obsessed with their desire to, to meet you in the field of combat by whatever means and in whatever venue and in whatever context, 
there's a problem. There's a red flag there. Uh, overall, challenge matches, I think, are stupid. I'd be lying if I didn't say that in the past several years, there have been a few challenge matches that I would have loved to have seen happen. If Ron Collins and Don Rowley had managed to fight, I would have loved to have seen that. Um, and given how miserable Ron has been to Don over the years, I, I think, you know, he, he had... He, he had a match coming to him, uh, let's say. But overall, I, I think people who have to go onto the internet and challenge other people to fight them to prove that they're right, those people have something a little bit wrong with them. Uh, and it brings me back to Stuttering John, who I mentioned before. Stuttering John Melendez, formerly of the Howard Stern Show, who multiple times will say, well, I'm, these people make fun of me online in their podcast, but I challenge them to a boxing match. Like... Like that would prove anything. Now, in John's case, this is a man who's had multiple TIAs. Those are transient ischemic attacks. They're like mini strokes. This is not a person who is well enough to fight anyone. Something bad is going to happen if he gets into the ring and somebody starts punching on him now, you know, all these years later. He did a, a celebrity boxing match some time ago, years ago. But yeah, the time for that is over, friend. But more fundamentally, anyone who needs to do violence because they're upset about an opinion and and clearly is obsessing over it and they just they just have to have it okay you've you've got issues you've got issues of your own that you need to work through um anybody who wants to fight me everybody gets the same chance that everybody else does which is to say uh it won't be voluntary i don't recommend it so take that as you will um i'm also getting older and a little more mellow but not that mellow <laughs> So if anybody out there is like, gosh, I wish, I wish Phil would appear in Street Peace. No time soon. Uh, but at the same time, you can trust that if you continue to be absurd in my direction, if you continue to be ridiculous, I will, of course, use you as an engine for content. And for that, I thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.